Hello and welcome to Reformed Podmatics, a weekly podcast hosted by the pastors of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. This podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology both in our context and beyond. Everybody and welcome back to Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Zach. And I'm Pastor Mark. And we are excited to have you back along with us for yet another week, yet another episode after our fun little excursion into the spiritual realm last week with yeah. Dr. Mike Heiser. It was a privilege to have him on the show and to be able to ask him some of our thoughts about his work and about his book, The Unseen Realm. And today we are changing gears and going in a very, very different direction. That's kind of our way of doing things, I guess, around here at Reformed Podmatics. Every week we talk about something different pretty much. Uh, And so this week I I really struggled over what to title Mm -hmm. this this particular episode, uh, but I think I've settled on how to enjoy church. Um, Sometimes for us, church will not be... uh, all that enjoyable. When I say mm. us, I mean the proverbial Christian in the pew, not just Mark and I here. Um, church can be difficult for some people, mm-hmm. um, or it can be maybe less than ideal. Um, and so this pro- this conversation uh, was prompted in my mind by a conversation I had with a high school student uh, about a week ago. This, this student is... Um, quite young, and she's new to the church. Her family does not go to church. She's uh, sort of a new youth group student, and she's been coming for, well, she's been coming to youth group for Mm -hmm. a few years, but she's kind of slowly uh, coming to church on Sundays. And Watching church from home by herself. Yeah, she watches church from home by herself uh, most weeks. Um, And I'm very encouraged to see that she's growing and she's become so interested in Christianity. Uh, she's really grown a lot over the past few years, um, and she's begun getting very eager about Christianity. And one of the conversations we had sort of uh, had to do with maybe some of her discontent about how, how come we don't do the sorts of things that I see Christians on YouTube doing or maybe Christians in the Bible doing. How mm-hmm. come we don't preach the gospel in the streets and hand out gospel tracts? Um, how come we don't feed the, the hungry here at youth group? How come youth group is often uh, a game and a message and conversations in, in a small group? Uh, shouldn't, shouldn't it be more than that? Hmm. And... So part of my conversation to her, to the student was, you know, youth group is what it is, but the church offers more avenues for doing these sorts of things outside of just youth group. Youth group's main thing is fellowship and Bible study, Bible teaching, and growing in our understanding of God's Word. And so I invited her to actually look into joining other things that our church does do mm-hmm. outside of youth group where we do go and... and Actually, we we have a ministry where we go to Stockton, which is a little bit north of here. Stockton's kind of one of the bigger cities in our area, for those who aren't familiar with the Central Valley. And it's one of the, uh, you could say, tougher cities mm-hmm. of, of California. Um, there's a lot of poverty, and so we will take meals up there, and we'll pray with people and tell them about Jesus. It's quite simple. 
We do it every other week as a church. There's a group of about five or six people that will go up, and we'll feed about 100, 150 people um, each, each time we go, and we'll talk with them and tell them about the Lord and mm-hmm. about being saved and about God's grace, all of these great things. And so this kind of stirred a thought in me of, of wondering, you know, I've told this girl for the past few years that church is really this great thing. I really want you to get more involved in church. I would love for you to start coming on Sundays if if you're allowed to, if you can find a ride, we'll pick you up. Uh, we've offered that. And she has come a handful of times. Uh, and this has made me think, though, is that is she going to come to church mm. and feel that it, it does not reach these ideals mm-hmm. of what church should be? And... As I've been thinking about this, I think this is actually the experience for a lot of us. We have these great ideals of what church should feel like. Maybe for some of us, we have that experience in our life where we can look back and say, at this time in my life, 20 years ago, church was really great, and it's not quite that anymore. Um, and Maybe, however, you're listening to this and you love your church and you think it is great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that if that's the case for you. Mm. But for some people, church doesn't always live up to the grand ideals, the, the sort of hopes and expectations that we may have. Uh, we, we may read things, for example, like the book of Acts mm-hmm. and feel discouraged. How come my church experience doesn't quite look like this? Um, and does that mean my, my, my church is a failure? Does that yeah. mean I should leave my church? Um, it, it, maybe my, my experience doesn't seem as miraculous or as exciting or full of energy that the early church seems to have had. So, so what's going on? And mm-hmm. what am I to do given the, the fact that I feel this way about my experience? Um, and so this episode is really for anybody who struggles maybe with with church, with sort of, uh, you could say, conventional church. Um, You you may struggle fitting in. You may struggle feeling like uh, the people that you're sitting next to in the pew don't understand you, and maybe you're feeling reluctant to be vulnerable or to share your life with them. Um, And so we hope that what we're going to get into in this episode will be helpful for you in learning to appreciate church more. Yeah, um, one of my possible subtitles for the episode would be enjoying an imperfect church. Yeah. So just recognizing, um, like this student did, uh, she has a real desire for a certain type of ministry to happen at at Almond Valley. Yep. But maybe it's not happening in the way she thinks it should, which is it's kind of a, a bit of hubris maybe on the part of a, of a uh, young woman uh, who's <laughs> young just teenager. getting involved. Yeah, and... and um, but that could be a very real scenario for somebody who goes to a church and is really into international missions, mm-hmm. and it's a little church in the country, yeah. and it's got pretty small aspirations, and they might support a missionary, mm-hmm. but maybe not is going to be, especially if it's a small church with a little budget, um, as dynamic of a church in supporting international missions than a big 2,000-member church that could support four missionaries, right? So right. Um, so what do you do with that is, is the question that we are, are bringing into the podcast. Um, this is yeah. often the question of the college student, I think. Hmm. Um, I think in college is really where young people 
so they don't have to go to that church anymore because when yeah. you're in high school, you just go to whatever church your parents say you need to go to, generally yeah. speaking. Um, and when you go away to college, then you ask yourself, what kind of church do I really want? Um, yeah. what, what am I going to look at? And and where am I going to go, especially if I'm away at college, on a Sunday morning? And then what often happens is, uh, this happened for me, I would guess it happens for everyone, you get involved in a church and it looks pretty good on the surface, and maybe after six or eight months, though, you realize, yeah, there's some other things that my home church did really well that hmm. this church doesn't do. And so you realize pretty quickly, there is no perfect church, Yeah. so what am I going to do about that? Yeah. Um, or you grow up, um, you know, maybe you become a believer, like this young woman hopefully is becoming, uh, you know, is, is born again, and then you get involved and you compare the, the scriptures to your experience and you say, something's missing here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really like any relationship, like any love <laughs> relationship, where whether it's marriage or a relationship with your parents or something happening in your family or with your friends, where... There are going to be seasons where you have to work at it and you yeah. have to be filled with grace and recognize that on this side of heaven, there are going to be struggles. And so um, we're, we're not just, that's not the conclusion of the podcast episode, <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's the the reality that we're naming, you might say. Yeah, there's a sense in which we, we should give ourselves to the practices uh, of faithful Christian living, you know, yeah. giving ourselves to the ordinary means of grace, um, which would be things like faithful church attendance, the fellowship of the saints, uh, giving yourself or devoting yourself to the apostles' teaching, heard primarily in the preaching of God's Word, to the prayers, mm-hmm. and to uh, the breaking of bread, uh, sharing in communion and community life with people. Um, often the experience for a lot of us, and I would imagine for the majority of our listeners, is that Sunday mornings, we'll say for the 15-minute period after the service, mm-hmm. for some of us, that may not be the most exciting part <laughs> of, of, our, of our week. Maybe it's the worst um, part of the could week be, for some yeah, people. For some people, yeah. it's the most dreaded part of the week. Yeah. Um, but even for those of us who really do love our churches and we love the idea of fellowship, we love experiencing fellowship, often it will seem like that those 15 minutes are kind of throwaway minutes mm. uh, before people, some people start to trickle out. Some people stay longer than 15 minutes, of course. Maybe you're the overachiever who stays for an hour, I don't know. Maybe kind of an <laughs> obligation in a way. Yeah. Like, like, well, I was at church. We professed all this about the communion of saints and yep. so I stick uh, and around. fellowship, and so I should stay and be polite. Yeah. You know? so. And it may feel like if that's your only experience of fellowship throughout the week, that, yeah. that's not really true fellowship. Maybe you think, you know, for me, I find fellowship, you know, at the, at the golf club, um, or... I find fellowship with my classmates or yeah, my classmates yeah. or my close group of friends or yep. my fellow hobby enthusiasts. Um, I, I, as I've said before on the show, I, I pay attention to a lot of what's going on in world soccer. So I've often dreamt of what it might look like to have a Tottenham Hotspur club in Modesto, yeah. and I, that could be a place where people find fellowship. Um, but <laughs> the reason I, I think all of this is important is to, is because. In giving ourselves to these faithful practices um, over the course of a long time, uh, what did Eugene Peterson say? It was yeah. uh, 
a long obedience in the same direction. Yes, a yeah. long obedience in the same direction. I was going to mess up the quote. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's something to that. Uh, in giving ourselves to that those 15 minutes, throwing ourselves yeah. in there and, and sort of maybe for some of us forcing ourselves to do it, especially if we're the introvert types, mm-hmm. uh, we will begin to see, maybe slowly, but I think we will begin to see ourselves growing in our sort of social capital and in our love for people. Um, and we form ourselves into the kind of people who uh, are committed to sharing in community life with our church. It may not always be easy. This is the strange thing about churches today, especially churches that have been around for a while, mm-hmm. uh, been around for more than a generation. Uh, the, the sort of founding church at the beginning of a pl- church plant often they're all about the same age. They have similar socioeconomic backgrounds and they have similar interests and things yeah. that kind of bind them that are different than just the gospel. Um, and over the course of time, a church will have to discover that the thing that really binds all of us together, despite our differences, is the gospel. Um, yeah. And that that is something that we need to remember. And so we give ourselves to these practices because we hope that by them, and we expect that through them, God will change us, God will transform us, and that the things that seem otherwise very ordinary will begin to uh, seem over the course of time actually quite extraordinary. Um, It's not a big deal to spend time talking for 15 minutes, but over the course of your life, as you get to know these people, they become your family, and you Mm -hmm. see that you love them, even though they're different from you in their outlook, different from you in their age, different from you in the way that they speak or act or think, you will begin to see that these are your people. Um, And so, as, as I say this as somebody who is a introvert myself, too, it's not always easy for me to go to a church and to think... I'm going to become close friends with these people. When I came to Ammon Valley, I knew that if I just threw myself in, though, I would come to love these people and be loved back. And so there's a give and take. Hmm. um, And you will reap what you sow in that regard. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of putting it, a much more biblical way of putting it. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, There's so many different angles to approach this from. Uh, I, I think of it like putting money in a bank, um, yeah, and that's a word picture that we used when we were discussing the episode. You you put money in, even just a little bit, yep. every every week or every month, and after forty or fifty years, that added up to a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Did did was it always something that you wanted to do? No. In fact, the discipline of it will require at times that you save up, even when you don't want to, and it will yeah. say will require that you say no to spending money on other things mm-hmm. that um, might be more fun to purchase this month. Um, I think the analogy really fits with fellowship after church. And there's a there's a particular kind of Christian fellowship, too, that happens mm-hmm. in the church after a worship service. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think it's important to note that as well, where it's not as though we gather for a sporting event and the event in and of itself is is the fellowship and watching a game together mm-hmm. um there's a, a higher purpose and even a, a more profound central goal to the worship service so yeah. what happens is first about god um and mm-hmm. that happens of course during the worship service 
uh, as people are entering the sanctuary, they're, they're greeting one another, and there's a good amount of buzz and chatter in our sanctuary before the service starts, which I, I really like. Yeah. Um, but then the worship service starts, and it is dialogical with God. Hmm. Um, I, have, I had an ethics professor at Calvin Seminary who said an ideal worship service for him would be in the pitch black, hmm. just, just <laughs> the Word of God. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's me and God, and I, I don't really agree with that. And I think that he was, he <laughs> right. was saying something dramatic to point out how, how God-focused and theocentric a worship service is. Hmm. Um, and then, um, just so that we're not only theocentric people, uh, hmm. we go out from the sanctuary, and there's coffee and there's water, and I would say overwhelmingly at our church at Almond Valley, people stay and they chat for at least yeah. 10 or 15 minutes. Um, many stay maybe, for 45 that, or yeah. an hour. Yeah, and I always have my class, so I have to cut right, that short, I often have to run away too, but, <laughs> but the, I guess the point I'm making is there's something that has happened because we've just worshipped together yeah. that is a different kind of fellowship than... Um, even even like what maybe a Bible study or youth group or um, other church events can be about, those can be more niche if that yeah, makes oh sense. Yeah. Um, so especially on Sundays where we celebrate the sacrament of communion or a baptism, and we all mm-hmm. stand to take an oath of um, supporting a child, a covenant child, um, or in communion, of course, you take that oath through your actions of receiving the sacrament. There is a spiritual reality and a spiritual fellowship that is is present there hmm. that transcends an earthly fellowship. Yeah. So um, I, I guess I'm trying to paint a, um, a picture of the reality that is there, even if there's some things that you didn't like all that much in the worship service or some songs that we sang that you didn't like or some people that you talked to who maybe you don't even enjoy talking to all that much after a worship service, but there's a spiritual, real fellowship. So the yeah. author who writes about this very eloquently is Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book Life Together, which mm. I'm sure we've referenced in other episodes. But yeah. um, but he writes about how spiritual fellowship is a reality in Christ. And yes, sin creates obstacles towards that reality, and sin breaks that experience of that reality um, we sin when we sin in our thoughts against somebody uh, after church during fellowship time when we sin in having been distracted during worship and our that will then impact our fellowship also after the worship service because we're not kind of on the same page as as other people hmm. in a spiritual or even emotional way yeah. um, I think that, there is a that reality, and so that's that's where I think we always want to be careful talking about an imperfect church. In one sense, um, I'm always uh, protective of the name of the church. Like sometimes people mm. will will say the the church did this or the the church did that, and, and I would always kind of want to say maybe self-professed Christians or maybe a church did yeah, something yeah. bad or or went off the rails, but. The church with a capital C, the Holy Catholic Church, is a holy Catholic mm-hmm. church, and and that refers to the reality of of what Christ is building hmm. um, by His Word and Spirit. And I, I think at times we can too quickly uh, dismiss 
the reality of fellowship in church because there's this one or two things that we might not prefer right now, yeah, including that fellowship time. Yeah, totally. I, I think I hear what you're saying, too, in all of this about worship. Worship was where we're at our most vulnerable yeah. throughout the week. Sure. In worship, there's a sense in which we are sort of cut open by God, and we're laid bare. Hmm. And we, if we're all paying attention, we're all realizing that our sins are laid bare. Mm-hmm. We need grace. We need the gospel. We need Jesus, and we need him together yep. as a community. And so it's, I think I would wager to say, and I think this is probably no, no, uh, no lie or um, anything of that sort. At church, we are hearing the most serious things we will hear all, all week. Um, we are hearing the most important things we are hearing all week. Together. Together, yeah. Um, so not just individually, in, but there's yeah. this, this communal hearing. And so even as we go out and have the the cup of coffee afterwards yep. or whatever, and we stand and talk about how somebody's farm is doing or how work <laughs> has been going that week, yeah. uh, there's something serious and important going on there. And it may not seem to the newcomer or to somebody who. Uh, doesn't have eyes to see. It may not seem like anything too extraordinary is happening, uh, mm-hmm. but over the course of a life lived in the church, these interactions accumulate yeah. um, into something more. It's about obeying the word. Do not give up meeting together, right. as some are in the habit of doing. And then that that's related to encouragement. That's not that's not a, a law that. God is just handing down arbitrarily to some people right. because he wants us to meet every seventh day. He, he gives us that rule because we need encouragement. We're called to give encouragement, yeah. um, encourage one another, spur one another on towards faith and good deeds. And yep. so that's one of the things that happens when we meet together. Yeah. Um, and so to to take that, the old Kennedy phrase, right? ask not what, my country can do for me, but what I can do for my country, it's really the same way with going to church. Instead of thinking consumeristically, how is this church going to make me happy? Um, One can go with the mindset of, how can I go to encourage, um, to bless somebody? Um, One of the more discouraging moments that I've had as a pastor was not at this church. Um, It happened at at my last church where um, I was having a really hard time getting a Bible study started, and um, one of the elders said, why on earth would I go to that Bible study? I have all the fellowship I need with my family. Hmm. And, and so he was being honest, but I think what he was showing was a consumeristic, like, I've got what I need from, from, so, from my social life already. Yeah. Why would I try anything else? Why, why would I go into... And, and and my response was because people there need you, man. Like yeah. you've got wisdom, and and you actually need them probably more than you realize too. Um, oh, totally. So, so it, it, a lifelong church member, um, somebody who was not he was not a callous person. I think he was being honest in saying that, but that is a common way to think, and and that transforms pretty quickly into a critical spirit towards the church. Oh yeah, um, and and so maybe that's even where we'd want to shift into now. Like, what what do we do with that that sense of longing, uh, maybe a recognition that maybe this church can improve a lot? Um, yeah. how, how do we balance this call to engage with maybe some 
constructive criticism at times for a church that does need to improve. Yeah, I, I think what you said is right. We should ask not what we the church yeah. can do for us, but what we can do for the church. I will often uh, tell this to the kids in the youth group. Sure. Um, and I'll do it by using particularly Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul gets into the gifts that are distributed by the Spirit to the church. If God gives us all gifts, which he does, every every Christian who is united to Christ by faith has spiritual gifts. God gives those gifts for a purpose. Mm-hmm. God And those, that purpose is not just for your own benefit, it's actually for the benefit of others. Um, so if you have a spiritual gift of teaching, you should not use it just to learn for yourself, you should mm-hmm. use it to be a blessing to others. If you have the spiritual gift of generosity, you should not be generous to yourself, that would be selfish, you should be generous, right? If you have the spiritual gift of healing, according to Paul, uh, you should use that for healing. Now we can debate on whether or not healing still exists. Actually, Pastor Mark (laughs) had a good sermon on it this last uh, Sunday night, night, which you can find on our church's website if you're so curious. Um, But those gifts that Paul mentions in these passages are clearly for the benefit of Christians around us. It's for the common edification of all. And so... Yeah, his words are interesting. He says, not only should you bless others, you belong to them. Yeah, and your so gifts then belong to exactly. them. Exactly, yeah, and, and so it, it's not like a transactional thing where, uh, yeah, I should receive some and I should give some. It's it's a reality. That's where I, I like Paul's language a lot. It's mm-hmm. uh, Bonhoeffer taps into that in his, his, mm. his language about spiritual community being a reality, where he says... In Christ, we who are many form one body. That's a reality. That's not a possibility. It's something that Christ has earned and and blesses us with. And so he says, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. So um, uh, I've had it before where people would approach me saying, there's this thing that is not as good as it should be in our church. Hmm. And I'm always thankful for when people are attuned to those types of things. But I would always want to counter it a little bit by saying, well, first of all, there may be more happening there in the church than you even realize. Don't be the judge, jury, and executioner from your perspective of what you think missions or children's ministry or um, even what the worship service should be. Yeah, that was like my conversation Um, with the student last week. And so... Uh, be careful there, and so yeah. I would always want to encourage, well, there there are actually a couple things happening, but if they're not, well, maybe that's your gift, and, and that is your responsibility, uh, not just to foist it on them as like, oh, well, you just deal with it, but if God gives people, you know, I, I'll sometimes say, um, how do you know your spiritual gift? It's often the types of things that you have a, an attuned sense for. Right. So if you see a um, gap in something, right? Or, or if you can, you can just see, um, for example, like like to use a, a analogy from the working world, a mechanic can look at a machine and know, oh, pff, well, the the belt's all out of line, or the belt yeah. is worn out. And I would look at an engine, <laughs> and I wouldn't even know what a worn out belt would even look like. And yep. so he has that ability to to see what needs to be repaired. And and mm. Satan can use that to make just people look at things and say, just be critical of it and walk away. Right. Or the Lord can use that and say, 
I've given you this gift. Um, you know, like Zach and I, not to be prideful, but I think we could hear a sermon, for example, and in about five or six minutes of that sermon, or even how the Bible is read in that sermon, we could he- we have an ear for, uh, this is going to be good. This mm-hmm. is uh, ho- holy and reverent and biblical, and there's a sense for this yeah. that is good. And so um, that's part of the reason we became pastors, is that the Lord gave us this this sense of what good teaching is and what good preaching is, and we hold ourselves to that standard, and we talk about um, mm-hmm. sermons with each other in that regard. And for other people, it could be children's ministry, it could be how the nursery is functioning, it could be Outreach administration, evangelism. yeah, um, how to serve, it could be behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, always, always to be careful, I guess is what I'm encouraging listeners, if you have an eye towards something, don't let that turn into judgmentalism, but let it turn into activity in that arena. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is a really, really great point. Be the change you, you yeah. want to see a little bit. <laughs> um, and I, I can almost guarantee everybody who's listening to this, your pastors would actually probably welcome oh, yeah. you I pointing things out. I love it. And they would probably say, yeah, I've been thinking the same yep. thing too. Definitely. Uh, like like when this, this young student told me about, like, how come our church doesn't do more evangelism? Well, I wanted her to see there's a bigger picture. I think yeah. there is evangelism happening. Yes, we could do it more. And mm-hmm. so if you want to be a part of us doing it more, then let's do it. And yeah. I also told her, like, evangelism doesn't just have to be a church program that the church yep. puts together. And it's huge. Okay, let's all get ourselves all signed up for a certain day and time. No, evangelism is something that we should be doing in our daily lives. Uh, and so I tried to have this quick conversation with her. We didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to talk, but um, yeah, there's there's more to it. And so if you have a yeah. gift for something, the church needs your gifts. Uh, and so how to enjoy church more? It's exactly right what you've said, Mark. Don't just be so quick to complain hmm. about things, but be eager to be active. Be eager to to see to it that change can happen. Uh, yeah, that's right at the beginning of Romans 12. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't, <laughs> don't th- th- So that's right as Paul is teaching about the body of Christ. So he's saying, don't assume that you just know everything, um, maybe about the kingdom of God or a particular church, <laughs> um, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And then right after that is the call to community. Mm-hmm. So in community, um, we'll realize, wow, we do actually need a lot of help. We need a lot of grace. We need to offer a lot of help and a lot of grace to other people. And it's often that hard work that mm-hmm. people don't want to do. They would maybe prefer to sit on the sidelines or even depart from a church um, instead of doing that. I Maybe to use another analogy, um, I just heard a cool thing. I'm sure it'll work its way into a sermon eventually that the least visited country in the world is a country called Tuvalu, or Tuvalu. It's a tiny island nation northeast of Australia, and it's one of the most beautiful countries in the whole world. It is. They're keeping a, it for themselves. It's a tropical <laughs> paradise. Now, so then we could ask, why don't more people go visit? I think it said they have 12,000 annual visitors to this country. It's like nothing, right? Hmm. Um, and the reason that people don't go visit is it's hard to get to. Hmm. So it's not because it's 
uh, an ugly nation, it's not because it's inhospitable. The people are like the friendliest people in the whole world. Tons of Christians, hmm. you know, who are who are living there. It's a very Christian nation, actually. Hmm. But it's hard to get to. And so that, that sort of made me think, I think that's Christian fellowship in a lot of ways. It's this p- yeah. paradise, in a way, that we're invited into, but there's a lot of people who never go because it's hard to get to sometimes. Hmm. Um, it requires a lot of grace of us. Um, it's partly the responsibility of the church to make it easy to get to, uh, to give people opportunities to walk through a wide-open door, spiritually speaking, um, socially yeah, speaking. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it's hard to get to in the sense of after 30 years of staying after church for 20 minutes, you'll feel like, hey, I got I, I got this. I, I think I'm, I'm blessed now to to just walk up to anybody, know them, chat with them, and walk away from church not only feeling nourished by God through the Word and Spirit, but nourished by the fellowship as well. Yeah, and hopefully there's more than just the 20 minutes, but that oh, is yeah. symbolic of what yeah. we're getting at. Totally. Just chipping away. But yeah, this is why we love to do things like Bible studies yeah. uh, with the church, or even just getting together just to visit, having people over, meeting people for dinner, whatever it is. Uh, that sort of stuff. And it, maybe we also want to issue a challenge to mix it up in the social time. I think that hmm. sometimes people can get stuck in their groups in their groups during that time. And so I, I'm always encouraged when I see odd couples, you know, hmm. after church, uh, people who aren't related and yeah, who are very yeah. different from one another. Uh, that is, sometimes those are really cool conversations. And, um, you know, I have people in, in church, guys who I'm a lot closer with and mm-hmm. I've had a beer with lots of times. And then there are also those who um, who I don't know as well. And maybe we don't cross paths socially all that much. And it's not just my job as a pastor to go talk to them, but I think it's every, it's every believer's right. role to say, intentionally, after church, I'm going to go and talk to somebody you know, I've just never met, and mm-hmm. I think I need to. So uh, that can be a huge blessing. Yeah, throwing yourself out there, it's yeah. really hard because yeah. it's vulnerable, and it may not go so well. <laughs> uh, in fact, very often it will just kind of be a little bit flat, Yep, and that's okay. Uh, but That's good. I think, good yeah, it's us. good. It's a good yeah. thing uh, <laughs> to, to have to throw ourselves out there and to make ourselves vulnerable to that sort of thing. And I think we'll find that if we can do that with some consistency, mm. church will become more of a joy than a burden. Being a Christian in fellowship with other Christians will become something that becomes very sweet and rich and joyful. Yeah, that That is a promise that I, I do make to people because I have experienced it for myself and I see it to be true in the Word of God as well. Yeah, maybe one final word, which would be a whole other episode, is what we're not saying here is at your dysfunctional, unhealthy church, just keep trying, man. Just, uh, you know... Yeah, totally. Uh, we can't know every j- circumstance just of everybody who's listening. Just go and, and just try to be happy and <laughs> chat with some people for 10 minutes after the service and walk out feeling good. Like, there are many scenarios where, uh, at times, you would be called to leave a church if the gospel isn't right. being preached, if it's being replaced by a hyper-political message or a social gospel message and you could um so i know some people who are looking for a church now and Hmm. um and i I say is the sermon about god Hmm. you know like if you could go to a church for six or seven weeks in a row 
and the sermon is never really about God, what God did, what Christ has done, what the Bible says about God. Yeah, that's not a is. that's not a good church. And so um, th- that's listen for that. Maybe if if somebody is struggling, um, if the sermon is about God and it's actually biblical, but there are just a few little things about the church you don't like. Yeah, you may be called to endure through a season. But what we're right. not what we're not suggesting is to bury your head in the sand where a church is really dysfunctional, where there's no grace. It's yeah. it's a law driven church. Um, you may be called upon to to depart from a church that is unhealthy. Um, if the church is healthy, though, uh, see it through. Do not give up meeting together. Um, right. Uh, even if you see some things that uh, that aren't maybe what you would prefer, that can be actually a good place for you to be. Yeah. So, amen to that. We look forward to being with you guys here again next week. And until then, grace and peace. Yep. Bye.